At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 287 on Now You Know. We can't do this show without our Patreon support. You no, we can, can't. You can head over to patreon.com slash now you know. Help support this show. We have really great perks. Everything from $1 a month all the way up to really cool mugs, t-shirts, uh, live streams, investor club. You can check those out over at patreon.com slash now you know. And we're brought to you by bigbattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at Big BigBattery.com and use the code now you know for 5% off at checkout. So Rivian sent out a surprise email to reservation holders last week and most configurations of their R1Ts went up by $12,000, many by $20,000. Yeah, my launch edition went up by $20,000. So it's now over $100,000. And you know what? I don't know if I can still do this. And you're not alone. A Reddit poll of 3,200 people found that 1,700 will cancel their order with 1,100 basically still deciding. My question is, do you remember that Rivian made like a thousand R1Ts and sold them to employees? They didn't get this email about the price going up, so they knew there was a price hike coming. Why didn't they have to pay it? Now, this email came out right at the same time where there are new configurations available for the R1T, which is a dual motor version. Read nerfed. <laughs> because keep in mind, the R1T used to be a quad motor vehicle. I mean, I mean it, it still, still is. still is. But now you can buy a dual motor version, which costs the same as the quad motor before this email and then there's also a shorter range battery that they're selling and you might be saying like okay well i'll just choose the nerfed version i'll i'll take that well you'd have to wait till 2024 to get that and then am i crazy but i thought the magic number the magic range number from rivian was 350 plus miles now i'm reading if i get my quad motor large pack that i'm getting 314 miles of range did i remember that wrong no th that's what they had been advertising 350 miles and now it's down to 300 so should I still get it? Because I don't think I can afford it. I've been saving and saving to get it for this channel so that we can show you guys, but I don't know if I can afford it now. Well, we really want to get the R1T so that we can show everyone. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. If it's good or if it's bad. I think that we can save a lot of money if we cancel the tent and the kitchen. Yes. And I mean, they did raise the price of the kitchen from 5000 to over $6,700. But I mean, this is a big reason of why I wanted the R1T. I wanted to go camping in it. Right. How about we do this? How about we buy the tent separately from uh, Yakima and save $1,200 mm. just by not buying the special Rivian color. Okay. We'll just get a green one. That's, no, that's fine. Good. Okay, that saves some money. Um, and then I think we should design and build our own camp kitchen. Look, so they have the gear shuttle. Yeah. Right. And their camp kitchen attaches to T-slots on that. That's a great. Wait a minute, because like I was thinking about this. Their camp kitchen has a sink, some utensils and a cooktop. But I was thinking 
there's more to cooking than that. Like there's some features I'd like to have. You're saying we could use our magical engineering powers and our welding powers now to add things that we want. Like, like what? Uh, Let's see. Blender. Blender. Electric grill. I would still keep a cooktop, maybe one Definitely. or two, but not like, I don't need a full range. Fridge. Fridge. A powered cooler. Microwave slash toaster oven. Yes. So like you can actually bake something. Yes. I mean, if hey, if it's going to be a kitchen, let's make it a good one. You know what? Comment down below what we should add to our kitchen. Let's stuff dishwasher. as much in. I think you've gone too far. No, I'm, I, I'm serious. We're camping. Collapsible dishwasher. Yeah. Put it in the comments. What do you think? We're camping, dude. I, okay, so basically we're going to save ourselves $10,000. Uh, okay, so maybe now I can afford it. I mean, Elon did have something to say about Rivian's price move. He said their negative gross margin will be staggering. And what he's talking about, basically, is that Rivian obviously is not making much money on these trucks, right. and that's why they had to raise the price. Oh, but this just in. This just in, Zach. I'm getting word that... Uh, there's a new there's a new email out. Oh no, they're raising the price. Uh, let's read it. Blah blah blah. Earlier this week, uh, I have made a lot of mistakes since starting Rivian more than twelve years ago, but this one has been the most painful. I'm truly sorry and committed to rebuilding your trust. Wait, what's he talking about? For anyone with a Rivian pre-order, as of the March first pricing announcement, your original configured price will be honored. If you canceled your pre-order on or after March 1st and would like to reinstate it, we will restore your original configuration, pricing, and delivery timing. Wait, so one day later they realize their mistake? Oh, oh I, 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 guess, I guess. I guess if you, if you raise, raise the, price the price by 20%, by 20% that's a lot, a lot of, of people, people might be, be kind of, of upset, upset since this is like a common thing, right? People have ordered vehicles, mainly Tesla, where they have to wait a while, and Tesla honors that price. You had a buddy who just got a Model 3, and exactly. uh, he was they getting, kept the price. He was getting delivery, and the delivery specialist said, hey, you know, you could turn around and sell this thing and make 10 grand, because when he ordered it, it was was a while it, it had been a long time so yeah for rivian to think that they could raise the price and have everyone just go like well i'm already very rich who cares <laughs> right. what's another 12 to twenty thousand dollars down the drain i i just don't understand and they could have done this in such a better way no. why not offer enticing upgrades mm. an upgraded camp kitchen Mm -hmm. With a blender and a grill mm -hmm. and a dishwasher. And maybe a picture of RJ on and it. And something. How about bed storage drawers? What are those? I mean, you already have the tent yeah. and you have the camp kitchen, so your gear tunnel's Oh, full. yeah, you got someplace to put your pajamas. You have the the bed, yeah. Love so it. So you have the bed. Put the, how how about, about a solar canopy? Exactly. Charge your car. How about um, upgraded kits? They sell all these different little kits. How about one where it's like, now with Dora the Explorer Band-Aids in the first aid kit? <laughs> I love I'm it. How about a camp TV or, a, or How about a an electric fireplace or a projector, you know, or yes. something instead? No, they increase the price of almost everything. Everyone gets mad predictably, and then they're going to roll it back. I'm glad that they rolled it back. I think that it was a stupid move to, but it's just like, well, and, and also keep in mind this, you might be like, well, yay for Rivian because they rolled back the price. But keep in mind, I may have gotten a price break, but anyone else who orders their truck after March 1st is going to pay the inflated prices. So if you're waiting to see the truck first, because I mean, let's face it, many of us want to test it out and go for a test drive before we purchase, you're going to be paying these ultra inflated prices. You're looking at a $100,000 truck. And I think the real story here is that Rivian is offering nerfed trucks with smaller batteries and fewer motors and that's really the story here. And somehow, because they apologized and went back to the original pricing, it's like they got to do a bait and switch and like, see, everything's back to normal, but it's not back to normal. They're offering a Nerf truck for the same price as what was the cool truck before. Right. And it's great uh, that they honored early reservation holders. I Which they should have. And not, the other point that's here. That's not something that you get any credit from me for. Well, I'm and sorry. the other thing is they held the truck for a year. Like we were supposed to get this truck last year. They held it for a year and then go, you know, because it's been a year more and there's inflated <laughs> prices, we're going to charge you more. Yeah. It's like, And you know what? Inflated prices to me means, you know, a couple percent. I would have eaten a couple percent, I'll be honest, because that makes sense. But not after you release the first thousand to your employees at the regular price and then tried to jack it on me. Like, that just, I think they've really damaged their brand here. I'm not sure how long this will last. Maybe we'll all forget about it. But to me, this was a mistake. And I, I think RJ admitted it there. Like, that's a huge mistake. Well, and it really shows that they aren't going to be making any money from these trucks, right. um, which is not good news for no. uh, investors. This is all the kind of stuff that when when everyone was like, oh, my God, Rivian, buy the yeah. stock. $100 billion I, company. I was going like. Whoa, guys, everyone was like, well, uh, you know, they'll get their production numbers up again. Production doesn't just mean how many you produce. Right. 
It's for how much you produce each yep. one for. And how you produce it leads to how expensive it's going to be. Yeah. Yikes. It's a good way to sum it up. And I mean, we're supposed to be getting the truck this month or in April. And now I'm doubting that that's even going to happen. Well, because we haven't heard right. from anybody. We, RJ told us that by Thanksgiving, we were supposed to hear from our delivery specialist, our Rivian guy. Yeah. yeah. Haven't heard a word it's just really frustrating we want to bring you the truck we want to show you if it's good or not so that way you could decide but now you're going to be paying 20 percent more for a truck no. that we're going to be paying less for and and so that's going to it's just so weird because mm. that'll influence our decisions about right. it Ugh, okay yeah let's move on as i think everyone is aware Russia has launched an invasion of the Ukraine. Now, I don't want to get into all the nitty gritty geopolitical details of this war, but I do want to cover the corner of it that has landed in our area. On February 26th, Mikhailo Fedorov, the vice prime minister of Ukraine, tweeted to Elon asking him to send Starlink terminals to the Ukraine. Later that day, Starlink service was active. And two days later, we got this picture of Dishy McFlat faces on a truck in Ukraine. On March 2nd, we got this update, thanking Elon and SpaceX for the Starlink terminals. And it's around this time where lots of news agencies started to talk to analysts about how the Starlink terminals could be uh, deployed in this conflict. And the answer is that they're not perfect military communication devices. Right. Go figure. It's a commercially available product. It's not perfectly suited to military operations. And yeah, a lot of the news agencies are talking about you can jam them and triangulate them. Um, I want to know, first of all, what, what does that mean? You can jam them. So Starlinks are basically fancy radios. No, they're not. They're satellite dishes. Right. Uh, they are phased array satellite antennas. So you I know, have but a- they use magic. To talk to satellites. <laughs> no, they use a bunch of math. Um, you have a bunch of different radio antennas all lined up with each other. And depending on the timing between the frequencies, you can affect where this basically beam of concentrated, uh, you know, signal is going to be shot out. At, okay. Um, which is really, really cool. The thing is, they're not perfectly, it's not a laser beam of signal, which, which means that there's a lot of bleed. It okay. just kind of goes off in every direction. This is the same, by the way, of every device that uses radio, uh, including your phone, right? So your phone is putting, oh, out, just sending a signal, putting right? out radio signals all mm-hmm. the time. Radios, uh, go figure. Not the kind in your car, but the two-way radios over Roger Roger. And so a Starlink terminal is putting out radio signals. Oh, and so this is where the Russians could jam them. You just, how do you do that? You would find the radio frequency that they're communicating at. You just have a much more powerful transmitter because, you know, they're communicating with satellites. You have a much more powerful transmitter on the ground. And then you just blast heavy metal. Blast noise. Mm -hmm. Anything that isn't the internet, the sound of the internet. Okay, so basically these are worthless. Well, no, you have to have a jammer close by set to the proper frequencies and stuff like that. Uh, now, of course, if this is where a military, you know, there'd be all sorts of stuff that you could try and do to, to get around that. But yeah, these are commercially available devices. The other thing is um, it's putting out radio signals. You can triangulate the position of where those might be. Oh my, and missile them. So this is where a lot of analysts and news agencies are going like, these are so bad or blah, 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 blah. Basically any radio, Wi-Fi routers, any like most electronic things, smart plugs, those are going to be putting out radio signals. So it's going to be a little noisy for people to like, where is the Starlink terminals? But the Starlink dishes are helping. Exactly. In fact, on March 5th, Ukrainian President Zelensky tweeted, talk to Elon Musk. I'm grateful to him for supporting Ukraine with words and deeds. Next week, we will receive another batch of Starlink systems for destroyed cities, discuss possible space projects. But I'll talk about this after the war. And we actually get to see Zelensky on a video call with Elon. So if you'll have time after the war, you're very welcome. I invite you. Yes. Sounds, sounds good. Well, I look, I look forward to, to visiting once things are... Normally, you'd expect to see presidents talking to other world presidents. Here, he's talking to Elon Musk, because Elon Musk seems to be able to do more than most other governments can do. And I mean, for good reason. The president of the United States, his hands are tied. He can't be sending troops into Ukraine without some geopolitical problems. So this is actually amazing. And despite what news correspondents might be telling you, the Ukrainians are finding Starlink terminals helpful. Otherwise, they would not be wasting their time asking for more terminals. Because again, you can use these terminals not just for like military, move the troops over here. You can be using them in more humanitarian applications where it's like, we need help, please send help. 
At the same time that this is happening, Russian and Western space relationships were breaking down. In response to sanctions, the head of the Russian space agency, Dmitry Rogozin, said, In a situation like this, we can't supply the United States with our world's best rocket engines. Let them fly on something else. They're broomsticks. I don't know what. To which Elon responded to SpaceX's most recent launch on March 3rd with, American broomstick. Dmitry Rogozin also said, if you block cooperation with us, who will save the ISS from uncontrolled deorbiting and falling into the United States or Europe? There's also the option of dropping a 500-ton structure to India and China. Do you want to threaten them with such a prospect? The ISS does not fly over Russia, so all the risks are yours. Are you ready for them? And this is pretty scary-sounding stuff. Until you realize that any spacecraft can deliver fuel to the ISS, keeping it in orbit, which Dragon has already done multiple times. So I just want to take a step back here. We have Elon Musk single-handedly, for the most part, keeping the International Space Station in orbit. Yep. He's sending communication devices to Ukraine, um, which they're thanking him for. It, does anyone else kind of pick up on how amazing this is? You just said that anyone can send fuel up to the ISS. Actually, no. Elon's got the only <laughs> delivery device right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, we could try and have other rockets try and supply the International Space Station. But, but, but let's be honest, the only proven ones right now are Falcon and Dragon. It's really funny trying to watch the news handle this because they have to be negative on Elon Musk. And yet he's doing all these things that they can't really disagree with. They can't be like, well, he actually shouldn't be helping the Ukrainians because we think he should be helping the Ukrainians. And well, you know, uh, there might be other rocket systems that could. Nope, there aren't. So and they're just they're, they don't know what to do. So they just kind of go like, here's the news story. And by the way, here's all this other stuff that we don't like Elon about. Here's some tweets that he said that we don't agree with. Right. And it's really frustrating to me because it's like, uh, how about you just tell the story as it is and not try and drag him through the mud with all this other crap. Right. It takes away a lot of Russia's power if they can't control the Internet. And I mean, how amazing is it that Starlink basically gets to test out their Internet devices in a war zone? Yep. The learnings that they're going to be able to battle tested. That's insane. Hey, and you know, YouTube has been acting really weird lately, not sharing our videos much. We'd really appreciate it if you'd hit the like button if you're enjoying our work. So on Friday, the Ministry of Agriculture, Environment and Climate Protection in Germany granted Tesla the final approval for Giga Berlin. Well, hang on. What did they actually say? Well, according to Handelsblatt, they said a good two years after the start of construction, the environmental approval process for the electric car factory of the U.S. company Tesla in Grundheim near Berlin has been completed. The Potsdam State Office for the Environment gives the final approval for the new Gigafactory. I've been so worried about the German government not granting Tesla approvals that I guess I just kind of pretended that this day would never happen. Um, but I guess now I can relax and enjoy the moment. This is awesome. I mean, Giga Berlin is going to start pumping out model-wise. Oh, uh, hang on. Uh, this just in. The decision does not mean that Tesla can then immediately start car production. The state ministry for the environment recently said that Tesla has to meet 400 conditions and provide evidence before the plant could be put into operation. So if you ever wanted to know what a 536-page conditional permit looks like, here it is. But the good news is that Tesla is pretty sure that they can check these 400 conditions off in the next two weeks. Uh, the permit will allow Tesla to build 500,000 cars per year, and Tesla has already hired about 3,000 workers in Germany. Yeah, I want to point out that it may sound scary, 400 conditions, but this is pretty normal for a permitting process. I don't know about 400 of them, but normally when a government body approves a permit, they say on the conditions that you do these certain things. And as long as Tesla thinks they can meet those, which are probably a lot of standard stuff like make sure you clean up when you're done, then they're going to do that. And Elon was super happy about it, tweeting out, I'd like to thank you very much. The future is very exciting. So exciting, in fact, that Renata said, will you dance at the grand opening ceremony? And Elon said, sure. We are not approving any dancing at Giga Berlin. If you want to dance, you'll need to fill out form D9 and submit to a formal inquiry into what dancing shoes you will wear and what music you will dance to. Also, you'll need approvals from the Dance Hall Bureau and the Department of DJs. I it must be craft work. You play craft work only. Now we oh. dance. Now's the time on Sprocket for me, dance. Yeah, no, I, I got to see Elon dancing. That, that'd be great. I mean, he's already done it in China. In China. He's already done it. 
I don't know if he danced in the Lederhosen, but he wore Lederhosen. Yeah. Now may we get to see him dance in like a all black outfit. That'd be that'd be cool. So Ford Motor Company announced last week that they will split operations into two distinct divisions: Ford Blue, which will be their internal combustion vehicle division, and Ford Model E, their EV division. I'm I'm confused because I thought just a couple of weeks ago, uh, CEO Jim Farley said they weren't going to do that. Ford Motor Company is going to remain one company. So what what does the different divisions really mean? Well, the two divisions are going to operate separately and will have separate profit and loss statements by 2023. Conjecture alert. My guess is that to make it easier for Ford to spin off their ICE division, which I don't think is going to do that well in the future at some point, and sell it when the profitability drops, they need to have like all the books completely separate so that it's easy to sell that division. Oh, so it would be like they would sell all the plants and the types of cars to, you know, Stellantis, the right. ever-growing <laughs> failure loser table right. of the auto industry. But if this is a new division, who's going to head the E division, the Model E division? So Jim Farley will remain the CEO of Ford, and he becomes the president of the Ford Model E division. Doug Fields, who was formerly at uh, Tesla as their senior VP of engineering from 2014 to 2018, will now lead Ford Model E's product creation as chief EV and digital systems officer. Jim Farley said, we have made tremendous progress in a short period of time. We have launched a series of hit products globally and demand for our new EVs like the F-150 Lightning and the Mustang Mach-E is off the charts. But our ambition with Ford Plus is to become a truly great world changing company again. And that requires focus. We are going all in, creating separate but complementary businesses that give us startup speed and unbridled innovation in Ford Model E together with Ford Blue's industrial know-how, volume and iconic brands like Bronco that startups can only dream about. Wait, 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 what's Ford Plus? Is that a new subscription service? Uh, you know, you throw a lot of words together, Ford Pro, Ford Plus, and that just keeps everyone like, you know, confused. That's Ford Blue. Ford Blue, which is the old company. So Ford claims that they'll produce 2 million EVs per year by 2026 and that they expect EVs will represent half of global volume by 2030. Now, just last year, Jim Farley said that EVs would make up 40% of global volume by 2030. So can you see they just keep inching that number up because they're still off by 50%. And Farley says that they're going to get margins up to 10% by 2026 as well. Wow. Uh, Ford had margins, by the way, of 7.3% in 2021 versus Tesla at 10.25%. But I will say one thing of Ford's that I will give them credit for, and that is their bi-directional charging for their upcoming F-150 Lightning all-electric pickup truck. This feature got a lot of potential customers excited when they announced it last year with what Ford is calling their intelligent backup power feature. You can plug the F-150 into a special charger at your home and either charge the truck battery or power some electrical circuits in your house. So to do that, Ford announced that they would need a special home charger. Well, now we have more details about that charger, which Ford is calling the Ford Charge Station Pro. This 80 amp charger costs $1,310 and is currently sold out. According to Ford, that's 30 miles of range per hour for the Ford F-150 Lightning Extended Range and 19 miles per hour for the Standard Range. The $1,300 price tag does not include installation. I honestly, that's a good price for a bi-directional system yeah. as far as I know. Now, installing in your house is not going to be cheap. No, and it's not going to be simple because, um, you know, if you're thinking like, oh, we'll just take the dryer outlet and put it there. That means that only the dryer outlet would then get power when the power goes out. So you need to get this back to the, the panel and have like a sub panel. And you're only going to be able to power probably one or two or three circuits in your house. Like you're not going to be able to turn on the air conditioning and all the lights. Like it's only going to power some basic like your fridge and some lights. And you're going to be able to power more if you buy the more expensive truck. Because if you see there, the 30 miles an right. hour charging speed is for the extended battery. That's right. because they have a bigger charger in that right. truck, which I assume is going to be the bi-directional thing. No, but it's a good selling point for Ford. It enables them to get people to buy the more expensive models. I, You know, this is what I'm saying. I think this is a pretty positive story for them. Yeah, and good on them for having a system that Tesla doesn't have. I hope this pushes Tesla forward. Speaking of pushing forward, Tesla has just built a 12-stall supercharger in Brooksville, Florida in just eight days. Wow. They posted a time-lapse video of the whole process here. Tesla appears to be using a new prefabricated system. You can see them there on the truck uh, where a crane just has to lift them off into place, saving valuable time. 
Tesla has used this prefab system on some previous installs before, and my guess is that we're going to be seeing this more and more. I'd like to point out that Tesla still has to wait for local inspections and the electric utility company to turn on the power. And unfortunately, that part of the process can often take weeks or months. Right. So this isn't necessarily going to lead to faster Tesla installs because they have to get through bureaucracy. And remember when Elon was at the SpaceX event and someone in the audience was like, hey, will you come to our Sombrero Fest in Brownsville, Texas? Well, he did. And you can see Elon is there with his son, a little X, and he's eating a Spiro Papa, which is a uh, fried potato. Delicious. On a stick. I'm going to talk about this later in the show, but uh, I'm not very happy about him going. We'll talk about why later. But you know what I am excited about? Uh, I, I think I do. Gigafest at Texas. Yeah, so we would like to live stream this event on April 7th. We need your help, though. When we've done live streaming in the past, uh, we usually... You know, get my phone hooked up to a battery pack and we're there, you know, filming. And a lot of the time, I have to be honest, I don't think we're doing a very good job live streaming because right. I'm just standing in line waiting to get in or, you know, I'm way back at the back of the crowd or, you know, I'm like, uh, guys, I have to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> hang on a minute. You know, it's it's not the best experience. So. We have teamed up with our buddy Noah over at Corporate Streams. Um, he does like professional yeah. live streams and we're going to be leveraging his technical expertise <laughs> yeah um to help us do a more community driven live stream yeah because jesse and i were talking i mean a lot of you are going to be there a lot of you are going to be all over the place at this huge i mean this place okay giga texas is ginormous so even if we were able to get in which we don't know if we can i don't think we are um we can't cover the whole thing. So having you guys there with phones and all it takes is a phone. You could be on our live stream. But to do that, you're going to need to tell us a bit about yourself. So we have a Google form. It's down below. It takes just a second to fill out. And that way we'll be able to contact you and see how we can work together on GigaFest Day. And it's going to take a lot of different kinds of people. So go check out the form if you're at all interested or if you're in the area, um, because it's going to be really exciting and we'd love to have you be a part of it. And you know where they're talking about GigaFest, I'm sure, is over at our friends at Cyber truck owners club they sponsored this show so go check them out they have a crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update and find your place in line for your cyber truck and of course they are the place for cyber truck news discussions and community for cyber truck enthusiasts and future owners so you were feeling a little bit under the weather last week so ethan and bobby just reviewed an electric longboard the x-way x1 max over on our sister channel now let's review and i gotta be honest electric longboards are so new that i don't think many people have any idea that they exist. Yeah. I mean, you may have seen like Casey Neistat on YouTube riding his electric longboard through the streets of New York a couple of years ago. But in most places, they're not common. And that's one of the reasons we started the Now Let's Review channel to show you how cool these e-mobility products like the X-Way X1 Max are. I mean, maybe you're looking into e-bikes as a way to get around and you're like, e-bikes are pretty big, hard to get on and off buses, trains and Ubers. Electric longboards, on the other hand, are pretty much the smallest electric mobility devices you can get. Easy to pick up, perfect for many different places. And cheaper than many e-bikes. Right. You can get a top-of-the-line electric longboard like the X-Way for way less, thousands less than a top-of-the-line e-bike. Check out our Now Let's Review channel. We've got an exclusive discount code that you can use on the X-Way to save you even more. So Holmar's catalog tweeted out, Lucid delivered the first 500-mile EV. Tesla will be the first to mass produce one. And Elon said, we could have made a 600 mile Model S 12 months ago, but that would have made the product worse in my opinion, as 99.9% .9 of the time, you'd be carrying unneeded battery mass, which makes acceleration, handling, and efficiency worse. Even our 400 plus mile range car is more than almost anyone will use. What we are seeing is that once you have a range above 400 miles, more range doesn't really matter. There are essentially zero trips above 400 miles where the driver doesn't need to stop for restroom, food, coffee, etc. anyway. In my opinion, Elon is right. This idea that cars need more than 400 miles is kind of a stupid one. But the argument has precedent. The argued maximum needed range number has been increasing. I mean, back in the day, 100 miles was regarded as perfect. It's just enough for driving to work and home and a little bit of range left for stopping at the grocery store. This, of course, was for the nuclear household with the house in the suburbs and the white picket fence and the 2.3 children, of course. But at the time, the Nissan Leaf was just about the best electric car on the market. Then when Tesla and Chevy had a somewhat affordable 250 mile-ish range cars, um, that is what 
was touted as the maximum needed range. I, I think that we even said that at one time we'd cap it off at 300 miles. Yeah. But 400 miles is the limit for both bladders and curb weight. I mean, there will be a market for higher range vehicles. Sure. For vehicles that sometimes tow or venture into the wilderness or run machinery, but not regular old passenger vehicles. But maybe for vehicles that travel faster than usual. Yeah. And I know there's going to be a lot of comments below of like, Jack and Jesse, more range is always better. And I think in the future, we will have more range cars. But I think there's a lot of people who are standing on the sidelines right now and going, well, I'm just going to wait until there's a thousand mile car. And yeah, you can wait. But that's kind of like saying when cell phones are coming out, like, I'm not going to get a cell phone until there's the perfect cell phone <laughs> that has a seven day battery life and has a perfect screen. It's like you would have been waiting for years to get into cell phones. Right. When uh, you could have got into cell phones way back in the day and they were fine. Or how about back in the days of the early Internet? If you're like, I'm not going to get on the Internet until there's high speed Internet and I can watch movies. It's like, yes, that is something we all wanted and now have. But if you weren't in on the Internet, then then you were left behind. I mean, it really does kind of equate to the phone thing where it's like, yeah, phones could have massive battery lives, but that would just make them bigger and bulkier. And that's not what people want. And here's the thing. I've been driving Sparky since 2016. Sparky had a range of 250 miles. It's gone down a little bit because of battery degradation. So now I'm probably like 225. 99.9% .9 of the time, no problem whatsoever. In fact, I can't really think of a time where there was a problem because of the supercharger network. Exactly. And I think that that is where a lot of people are missing the point. They think I need a big range. No, you need a really good charging network. So check this out, Jesse. Latenda, a six-year-old Canadian company headquartered in Quebec, has just unveiled their first bus, the Electrip. Did someone take the USPS Oshkosh Bagosh special and just stretch it out? This is such a weird front end. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. This is a 30-foot city bus designed for Canadian winters. It can hold 45 passengers, including 24 seated and six wheelchairs. The NMC battery is designed and built by Cummins and comes in sizes ranging from 222 kilowatt hours to 296 kilowatt hours. It has 150 kilowatts of DC charging for two-hour charge times. So what are the Canadian winter features? It has heated surfaces to help keep the windows clear from ice and fog and radiant heat in the floors. Hmm. But there is no word yet on the range. Canadians, if you see this bus, and I think you'll notice it. Get uh, on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. go for a ride if you can. Uh, if not, get us a picture. I'd love Wait, to where see, are we going? I'd love to see what you guys uh, think of it. Oh no, it's a prison bus. All right, next up is a really important story from Kent about how his Model 3 saved his life. Hey, Zach and Jesse, my name is Kent C. Dodds, and I want to tell you a story of something that happened a month ago to me that illustrated to me that Teslas are the safest vehicles in the world. So I just dropped my son off in my Tesla Model 3, and interestingly, on our drive, we were talking about how I didn't expect him to ever be able to, or learn to drive, need to learn to drive, because cars would be driving themselves by the time he was old enough to drive. And on my way home from dropping him off, I was driving in a residential area I came up to a four-way stop. I looked all directions, there was nobody there. And so I proceeded through the stop sign. And I, as I looked back to my left, I saw with about a, a hundred milliseconds of time to know what was going on, a very large Dodge Ram 2500 truck uh, hit my driver's side door. So it hit square on my door about a foot away from my arm. And so this is what things looked like um, as the rescuers were extracting me, they had to totally use the jaws of life to take the top of the car completely off. This middle part right here with the um, fabric, um, that white fabric, that ghost, that's me. They actually covered me up so that the glass wouldn't fall on my head. I actually did end up finding glass in my scalp later on. Um, so the car accidents are pretty bad, but the, this one totally destroyed the car. Of course, it was totaled. Uh, really, really bad accident. Everyone on the scene said I should have died. Uh, and so the Tesla absolutely saved my life in this situation. Uh, this is what the truck looks like. So you can see there's actually a fence post that went through the windshield of this driver's car. And if there had been a passenger, that passenger would have been impaled. The driver was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol. 
they were just being stupid, uh, driving 80 miles an hour in a residential area and completely blew the stop sign. And this is the aftermath of what everything looks like. So he went through a fence that went all the way along this. You can see all the fence pieces right there. And um, he rolled probably three or four times uh, I did not roll. Of course, you cannot roll these cars. And so he's just spun me around. And you can see in this picture, the point of that impact is right here. So I was proceeding through the intersection right here. He hit me right about here. And uh, like th this just attests to the amount of force that, uh, <laughs> that he hit me with. It spun my car just a 180. Uh, all the way over here. Like that is an enormous amount of force. And uh, you can see the tire mark right here on the sidewalk. He ended up uh, flipping a number of times of, like I said, uh, took out the entire length of the fence right here. Uh, luckily he was okay. He actually ran from the scene and was, was captured later. Um, so he was, I guess, okay enough to run from the scene for myself. Um, I, I was not okay. I want to uh, tell you about that in a second. So this is in the junkyard. Uh, totally destroyed um, all along the whole length of the car. Like I said, he hit right on my door. And uh, somehow the back of my car was also destroyed. Unfortunately, we, there was no footage of this accident. So I can't show you anything of interest from uh, the footage. And interestingly, you can see how bald my tires were. I was literally going into the tire shop the next day to replace these tires. Um, I, of course, didn't need to do that. So uh, here's me standing with my car, super sad that it was gone. Uh, and here's what happened to me. So my uh, both of my front teeth were broken by the um, impact of the airbag. Uh, that was the first thing I remember after the accident was spitting my teeth out, which is really unfortunate. And um, my collarbone was broken also, but I am doing okay. Like the fact that I didn't die is, uh, it makes it hard to um, or, or complain about that. Uh, I also got a bad bruise on my foot, so I was trapped with the dashboard uh, scrunching my feet um, into the, the floor of the vehicle. So I was stuck there for about 40 minutes while they got me out. There's also a really bad bruise on my shin here that's not pictured and bruises on my knees um, from being pushed into the door as well while I was waiting for them to extract me. I'm still kind of suffering from that. My foot still kind of hurts. I can't jump or, or run or anything. And then also I... <laughs> have found some glass coming out of my hand. So uh, I do still have some glass in my wrist and uh, other places in my hand. Hopefully that will come out soon. Um, but the fact that I didn't die means I can't really complain too much. And I did get a new Model 3, um, which interestingly, it was cheaper than my original Model 3 that was a 2019 model. So, and and it's better, more range, all, all of the things. So really, really happy with these cars. I will never drive anything else. Um, my family drives in a Model Y. I'm really satisfied with that. We have a Tesla solar roof on our roof and five power walls in our garage. So uh, we are a Tesla family. And if I was, wasn't a Tesla fanboy before, I am absolutely a Tesla fanboy now. So thank you, Tesla, for making your cars the safest in the world. I can't believe that I made it out of this alive. And I'm just so grateful for what you two do to help spread the message of Tesla to everybody. So with that said, back to you. Now you know. Kent, this is absolutely incredible. And it's so important to get this word out about the safety of Tesla's. Thank you so much for sharing the story with us. We're going to have this on our clips channel so that you can share it with friends and family. I can't believe you're still alive. I'm so sorry for your injuries. But I mean, yeah, a pickup truck T-boning the driver's side door at 80 miles an hour. It is just incredible that you survived. And yeah, we're so happy that you're still alive and with us. Yeah, I mean, you can look at safety star ratings all day long, but seeing how Teslas perform in actual accidents like this really shows how safe Tesla designs and builds their cars. And Kent, thank you so much for showing all the information that you did. I think that this could really change people's minds. Uh, again, if you have someone in your life who's like, why would you get a Tesla? That's a reason why you'd get a Tesla. And I just want to say, looking at that drone shot of where the cars ended up, I know that a lot of us don't know physics very well, but you know accidents, right? But normally when there's an accident in the intersection, the cars stay in the intersection. Here, Kent's car was halfway down the block, which means that's how much force was put into his car. It's absolutely incredible that he's still alive. Thank you so much, Kent, for sharing that with us. All right, so remember our story last week about the West Virginia bill that would make over-the-air updates from Tesla illegal? 
Uh, oh, right. We had our, our play. Well, Adam from West Virginia wrote to tell us that, guess what? HB 4560 passed the House unanimously no. without the language about the over-the-air updates. That, so it worked. It worked. I mean, people, you, you went and filled out the petition. You must have called your reps and they didn't want to put up a fight. Yeah. But Oklahoma just passed their stupid House Bill 3994 that we told you about last week. This is the bill that would make it illegal for Tesla to sell and service their vehicles in Oklahoma. It passed unanimously out of the Oklahoma House Business and Commerce Committee. And here are the dumbasses who voted for it. Yeah, just take a look at those names. Remember them. All right, so what's going on, Oklahoma? Are you just mad because you didn't get Tesla to open a gigafactory in your state? So now what? You're going to be like, Tesla, you can't even play here. It's my ball. I'm going home. Yeah, so let's dive a little deeper here. Uh, the sponsor of this bill is Mike Dobrinsky. He used to be a GM car dealer himself all since 1985. He's been selling GMs. Yep. In it. Go ahead. Welcome to Dobrinsky's. So we talked to Mr. Dobrinsky, and we asked him, what would you like to say to Tesla? Get out of here. <laughs> Look, this is so obvious what's going on here. The car dealers are afraid. They called up their buddy, Mike, and they're like, hey, Mike, can you put this bill into the, uh, the old pile there? And no one will notice. I don't know why they have a Boston accent in Oklahoma. But look, if you're from Oklahoma, call on Governor Kevin Stitt to veto this bill if it ever reaches his desk and reach out to your legislators and tell them we're not going to stand for this. Right. Because they think that they can just sneak this past you. They can pull a fast one on you. Yep. They should not be allowed to do that. You are their constituents and you are the people who vote them into office and you can vote them out of office and you should really let them know that. So we're going to put this story over on the Now You Know Clips channel so that you can share this with all your fellow Oklahomites. Oklahomans? Oklahomans? Oklahomans. Okie dokies? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know what you're called. So here is a non-story that we really didn't want to share with you, but it was so blatantly bad that we did want to share it with you. Yeah, it's a non-story because we didn't want to tell you about this non-existent car, the O2 Concept Roadster by Polestar. But... Polestar invited a bunch of reporters and car press guys out to Beverly Hills, wined and dined them, showed them all the O2, and uh, there were some questions that came up after their, you know, whining and dining. Yeah, like, will it be produced? Uh, we've heard from certain reporters that they weren't even allowed to really ask that question. I mean, <laughs> what? Right. Did anyone take this car for a spin? Of course not. It's not real. It's made of Bondo. Right. But... Did the press bite? Of course they did. You know why? Because they were offered a trip. And I mean, that's so fun to do. Let's go on a trip to... And great clickbait because this car has its own drone. That is a simple, easy decision. Hey, boss, uh, I want to go cover this car. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, do you think that it's going to get a lot of clicks? I do, because it has its own drone. Oh, that is going to get a lot of clicks. Uh, we're absolutely. Take the week off. Go to Beverly Hills. Enjoy yourself. Uh, hang on. The drone footage is CGI. All the footage of it driving is CGI. It's not a real car. It's a concept. It's not even a concept that like they, eh, it's so. They haven't eh. even greenlit this so, and right. they probably won't. It, this is again, What? what is, who is this for? Who is this for besides people just yeah. browsing through the internet? Yep. It's and they go, oh good, Polestar, make electric car, yes. Awesome. What? They're, I mean, yeah, Polestar is making great cars. This is not one of them. Right. So why are we talking about it? And it may never be one of them. And you might be saying, but Jack and Jesse, oh, what about the Tesla Roadster? He went for a fucking ride in it. Holy crap. Almost broke my it, neck. It wasn't <laughs> like, oh, this is what it, this is just a Model S right. with the thing. No, he went for a ride in the Roadster. Yeah. And it's going to be even better when it comes out. It's a little bit different than, oh, we're going to have this car which is completely recyclable, even though we haven't proven that. We're just telling you that it's going to be mono materials and all I, this sorts of stuff. I and wonder if the Polestar executives are sitting around going, well, the Tesla Roadster is going to fly. What? How can we get flying into our Roadster? How about a drone? <laughs> yeah, I know Taycan already did that, but yeah, we'll do that too. And by the way, does Taycan have the drone? No, it doesn't. No, I mean, remember when, when it was still a concept? Yep. They There'll be a drone. There was a drone in the, in the Mission E, which is now the Porsche Taycan. But where is the drone? Not there, because 
we still don't really have the technology to have a fully autonomous drone film you as you carve up the turns no. on the side of the mountain. No, that's called a movie production. It's called pretend. But let's talk about some real stuff. Yeah, let's take that? a look at the latest global EV sales numbers from Clean Technica. This is for January 2022. So as you can see here, BYD leads the pack with over 93,000. Tesla's in the number two spot with over 51,000. And let's go to the top models for January of 2022. Model Y is number one, baby. Finally, Tesla has dethroned the Wuling Mini. Take that. Whoa. Well, actually, I think a bunch of knockoffs have also helped dethrone the Wuling Mini, including the Cherry QQ ice cream. I'm, so I'm sorry. That's the name of a car? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the cherry QQ ice cream. Mm -hmm. See if you can tell which is which. I'm guessing the one that looks like it's ice cream, <laughs> the pink one. Yeah. But uh, is the name of the car company ice cream? Uh, no, the cherry is the car company and QQ ice cream is the model. Now, you you showed this list. Uh, you said it was the global. You said that we were talking global EV car sales, but th this is all Chinese brands and Tesla. So... Are you sure that we have the right list? Are you sure that this is not just the Chinese sales list? Nope. This is the global sales top 20, but you're right. China now has 17 of the 20 top selling EV models in the world. And this is why we put out our two-part China is coming in depth a few months ago, because we saw that China was coming. Just 24 months ago, there were only two Chinese EVs on this chart. A year ago, there were nine, and now there are 17. I will point out that the three non-Chinese brands are all made in China as well. Right, the Tesla Model 3 and Y and the VW ID4 are all made in China. So look at this, the Model Y has a 5.4% EV market share in the world. Global market share of all EVs, 5.4%, wow. Yeah, and if we add in the Model 3, that's an 8% total EV global market share in January. That's incredible. Yeah, two models taking up 8% market share. <laughs> wow. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Thank you, Henson. And you can use our code to get over 200 shaves for free by using discount code Now You Know when checking out with your brand new Henson Shaver. Your face will thank you. So Tesla has installed this new 37 megapack battery in the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska. This 93 megawatt hour project will help power a community that typically is without power from the mainland for four months out of the year. And this will help reduce the burning of natural gas. So Tesla is basically showing us here that their batteries are in some of the most extreme conditions on Earth, which I think is to kind of signal to power companies like you don't just have to be in Southern California to do this. You can pretty much be anywhere. Our batteries can handle it. All right. It's time for Going Green. And we're sponsored by EcoWare. You can use the code going green for 15% off our entire store until St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, check out our bumper sticker collection. We got a lot of cool bumper stickers and we plant multiple trees for every order. Thanks to our friends at the Eden Restoration Project. And we help cap a well with every purchase. So your purchases are carbon negative. So in the UK, electric cars reached 17% of the total car sales last month. I wonder what could have led to that. Could it have anything to do with Tesla beginning deliveries of the Model Y? Why, yes, indeed. The Model Y was the top-selling EV in the country, number four best-selling of all cars sold overall. And, I mean, look at the shift that is happening. 10% fewer gas cars sold this February compared to last year, 40% fewer diesels, and nearly 200% more EVs. And that's with Model Ys just starting to be delivered. I'm really excited to see what happens next month because if you think about it, in February, I don't think it was like a full sales month for Tesla. And plus February, pretty small month. <laughs> Only 28 days. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So the highest grossing energy auction just took place for land, well, waters, off the coast of New York and Massachusetts. $4.3 billion. It wasn't for oil. It wasn't for natural gas. It was for offshore wind energy. Guess what happens when companies pour billions of dollars into investments like these? Their lobbying dollars come with them. Big money is finally starting to switch sides on how we generate energy. Why? Because it's a great investment. Why is that? Because all you have to do is build it and maintain it. You don't have to spend money on fuel. So on top of this, 
Equinor and BP will be spending $250 million to upgrade the South Brooklyn Marine Terminal to aid in the construction of these offshore wind turbines. Do you know what that is going to do for jobs in that area? Spoiler alert, it will create a ton. And this is the transition that we're talking about. This is the tipping point. It is when companies start to have interests that are they now are interest groups. Exactly. And they now want to lobby Congress to say, we want more wind. Yeah, because, I mean, companies just spent $4.3 billion. If you spent $4.3 billion to get a section of land, you'd want to make sure that you got all of your money's worth out of that land. So they're not going to allow Congress or anyone else to say, oh, yeah, you can't really build anything there. So now we are going to finally start to see this transition. This is the things that are happening that aren't covered in the news, that aren't covered in like, hey, everyone, this is a very important thing that just happened. We're telling you about it here, but most of the time, no one's going to tell you. And not all utility companies get it yet. So as they watch these utility companies start making money hand over fist year after year, they're going to go, wait a minute, we want some <laughs> offshore wind. And if you'd like your own free energy that just comes out of the sky every day, you might want to call Energy Pal. They're the team that'll help you get solar and batteries for less. They're experts that answer all your questions and they do it all for free. You can just call them up, sit on your couch, and they'll help figure out the whole situation for your house. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. Link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor story this week. Remember, we need your stories. Send them in two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with good audio and no music and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com and you might get on the show. Steven Oregon sent us this video about how he installed a plug for his new Tesla. Greetings, Zach and Jesse. This is Steve in Newport, Oregon. I wanted to show you the outdoor 50 amp outlet that I just installed so that we can charge Cree, our new Model Y, at home. I found this enclosed outlet box on Amazon. It offers protection for the plug to keep it out of the weather. It also has a locking feature if security is an issue. It came included with a standard NEMA 1450 outlet. However, after hearing reports of fires and burnt up plugs, I switched out the outlet with the Tesla recommended industrial Hubble NEMA 1450 plug. I did have to enlarge the diameter of the hole on the plate, and that was probably the most difficult part of this whole install. It also came in different colors, uh, one of which match nicely with our shed. Now I wanted to give it a little more protection, so I built a box around it. Uh, this allowed me to put in a support for the Tesla charger, so there's no weight hanging off the cord. I was also able to create a spot for the charge plug to also be out of the weather, and a way to hang the cords. All in all, I'm pleased with how it came together. And now you know. Well, thank you, Steve. That's important information. People need to know like these little tips and tricks on how they can keep their Tesla chargers out of the weather. Also, Nima, why do you have so many complicated numbers for all your different plugs? Why can't we just agree on like more of a standard? <laughs> It is a standard. <laughs> I guess it is. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We've got a couple of Now You Know Investor Club bonus stories this week. On the Patreon bonus stories, we've got Elon's tweets of the week. McLaren's bad build quality. Tesla's latest video. Uh, Ford does an environmental study. And more. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. You can support us for just a buck a month and you'll get all these Patreon bonus stories. And we really do appreciate your help. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. Ooh. It's time for our shout outs. Who do we got this week, Jess? Got Kevin Blue, Alejandro Atade, Charles Overbeck, Courtney Paul, Marcus Grimes, Ted Beigeman, Hanua Oglesby, Giuseppe, Malik Val Rasmussen, Dave Graham, Oliver Webby, Paul Trossel, Richard Gazaway, Blame Techie, Chris L., Jim and Mary Manley, James Weichel, Ronald Bigger, Jerome Myers, JP, Dave Miller, Stephen Doherty, Paul Hank, and Russell E. Todd. Thank you so much for supporting this show. We cannot do it without Seriously, you. we can't. All right, we had a poll last week. What was the question? When the war is over, will Tesla build a gigafactory in Ukraine? Ooh, pretty overwhelmingly people don't think so. Interesting. All right, it's time for community mail time. Community mail time. 
And remember to share your stories at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. I would love to see some photos and videos of your PV solar systems. So Thomas and Sabine shared these photos from Europe, where he's just brought Sveta and her two children in a Model 3 with free supercharging safely from Ukraine to the EU. Richard in the UK shared this photo of a Polestar on the right charging at an Instavolt high-speed charger at a McDonald's in Scarborough. Check out the license plate. Richard tells us that McDonald's throughout the UK have partnered with Instavolt to provide charging at all of their 1300 drive throughs with 125 kilowatts of charging. Yeah, so British EV drivers, please share photos and comments about how you're finding this McDonald's slash Instavolt charging experience. William sent us this Scooby-Doo themed Model X from Plano, Texas. <laughs> That's a good one. Francis sent us these photos of his Model 3 in rose metallic wrap in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Wow. Dave said he spotted a Model 3 while charging his Model S in Phoenix, Arizona. Funny, that looks like a Model Y from this angle, doesn't it? It looks like a Model Y in general. <laughs> Marvin sent us this picture of his newly wrapped Tesla. Norbert shared this photo he took of a Lucid Air driving north on 290 in Worcester, Massachusetts. If you look closely, you'll see that there's a LiDAR sensor array on the roof. Maybe Lucid is testing out some autonomy features on winter roads. I think they chose the right area to test. A positive thing I could say about uh, Lucid there. Cage sent us this picture of a Hyundai Ionic 5 he saw in Vegas, along with a picture of the boring machine. Hey, what happened to what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Cage? Greg sent us these pictures of an R1T spotted in Pennsylvania. That's my color. It's probably your car. <laughs> They're, They're dirtying it, with, it up for me. We're going to get it with 30,000 miles We heard miles what you said it. about us, so... <laughs> Kerry sent us this video he took of an FUV he saw down in Key West. Hey guys, look what we got here in Key West. They have officially hit the street, available for rent. Gorgeous two-seater, open air, which fits with the weather down here. First one I've seen, looks like it's gonna be very popular. Now you know. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what's out there in the world. Hello, Zach and Jesse. This is Tom and Margaret from Texas. We're coming to you from Centerville, Texas at the Woody Smokehouse location. And Centerville is centered between uh, Houston and Dallas on I-45. We got Blue Bonnet charging up and we got guys pouring concrete and putting, we already have four more chargers. It's, it has four now and four more. Looks like we're gonna get a few more. And hopefully just in time for football season because this is gonna be a hot spot for us to come down to go to uh, Aggie football games in College Station. So now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Uh, we are here in Shelby, Iowa. It's on Interstate 80. And uh, it's a really nice supercharging spot. Um, it's located right off the interstate. Um, it's at a gas station. It's an eight stall supercharger. Um, there is a little bit of a restaurant in this gas station, but there is a Dairy Queen across the way. Um, not, not the best um, restaurant options, but the best part of this supercharging station is this trail right here uh, and uh, in addition to this loop trail there's also a trail that goes down uh, next to the field down to a lake and uh, yeah it was just a nice 15 minute walk just a way to stretch your legs and uh, we also found one shady spot to park under uh, for uh, supercharging so I would give this uh, supercharger a 9 out of 10 just because it's a shady spot on a hot day and there's good trail and walking options. Now you know. Hello Zach and Jesse, this is Greg from Setauket, Long Island. We are at the 8 stall supercharger at Smithhaven Mall between Smithtown and Brookhaven Townships in Long Island, New York on the North Shore. It is home to uh, many stores here. Uh, the Smithhaven Mall has Macy's, Dick's, um, all the stores you expect to find at a big mall. It's across the street from Costco and there's uh, plenty of restaurants in the area. Uh, I rate this as a uh, 9 out of 10 
It is a uh, clean uh, area and a place that you can uh, do a lot of shopping at. So now you know. Hey, how's it going, Zach and Jesse? Phil here again at Wawa, Ontario. We have the six stall version three supercharger station uh, right in front of this convenience store here. Uh, you'll notice that it's taken up all the parking stalls in the right in the front of the store. Uh, so uh, I believe there's going to be a problem with icing at this store. I just saw a big pickup truck, big old dirty pickup truck parked in one of the stalls here. Anywho, we have that that convenience store there. We have. If you look across the street, there'll be a, let's see, you can know if you can see it, but there's a Tim Hortons just across the street. Um, it's a good location uh, for some eats, and other than that, there's nothing else around. Uh, I would give this supercharger station a 6 out of 10. It's right off the Trans-Canada Highway, so it's convenient. All right, thanks. Now you know. Thank you so much to everyone who does supercharger reviews. If you want to see a map with all of the superchargers in the world and all of the reviews, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. Um, We're the only ones who have it. Free website. There's no ads on the website. Yeah. All right. So we got new superchargers going in the world. What do we got? We got number 116 in Germany is the 12 stall, 250 kilowatt in Paderborn, Germany. Number 13 in Maine is the 8 stall in Ellsworth, Maine. Number 59 in Sweden is the 8 stall in Strognos, Sweden. And number two in Rhode Island, number 1291 in the USA, number 3293 in the world is the eighth stall in Warwick, Rhode Island. Isn't it Warwick? Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know. If only we had a resident Rhode Island native to edit that. That's right. Correctly. Brent, Brent can tell us. All right. So uh, let's go to comments of the week. And Tony said, the only thing that worries me about Elon sending Starling to Ukraine is that Russia may now target him for elimination. And Floriston said, very likely. It was already the case anyway, from so many people in powers. He has the best personal protection money can buy. He would be a very difficult target. And I wish you were right, Floriston, but... From what we've seen. I mean, we showed you Sombrero Fest in Brownsville, right? And I looked at a lot of pictures. I looked at some video. And yes, there was Brownsville police there. There were some undercover uh, cops or security there. But yeah. also, you saw pictures of Elon just standing next to regular people. I'm glad they're nice regular people. Yeah. But if one of them happened to be a Russian agent or a you know an assassin, we've all seen enough movies. It's like... Uh, that churro thing that he was eating could have been stabbed him, you know, with it, or he could have been poisoned or he could have been shot. I'm just saying like, I'm sure he has some good security, but it's a security nightmare to go to a I festival. Know. I know. Because there's nothing you can tr control about going in, going out. And everyone knew he was going to be there because he announced it, which means that you can put things in place. Right. And I, you know, look, I don't think this way, so I don't want to go there, but like Elon, you really got to, you pay, I mean, you have a pretty, you got to admit, you got to have a pretty big target on your back. You're the richest man in the world. Yeah. So it's just like, Elon, please, dude, more security. Don't put yourself at risk. Like, it's just yeah. not worth it. Dude. No, I, I know it sucks. I mean, I know it must be awful when you get to be rich and famous and you can't do normal things. But, right. but like, uh, no one's going to be that mad if you have a yacht. Okay. <laughs> He doesn't even have to have a yacht. It's just Whatever. don't go to just public events without else. without serious security. I mean, yeah. when the president of the United States goes someplace, we we talk about welding down manhole covers and yeah. putting snipers on roofs. Yes, I'm sorry, but yet that's the level you have to go to when you. I mean, if the Russians are interested in taking you out, that's the level you have to go to. Right. Anyway, uh, I want I don't know. I want to know how you guys feel because yeah. you know maybe we're overblowing this. Maybe the Russians don't care. But I think when you start involving your space company and your and your Starlink company to help the Ukrainians, I think you get the Russians' attention. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below. Uh, thank you to everyone who watches the show to the end. I really do appreciate it. Um, we've been talking to some of our patrons. Um, we've been thinking about the. Elon's tweets of the week. I have an idea. Yeah. I think uh, that it was too long for our normal show because this week we did it again and really enjoyed it. We could really spend time and stop on a particular tweet and talk about and it. It was half an hour. And to me, I never thought that tweets of the week were that important. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a five minute segment. But you know what? I'm really enjoying it. And I think that's the point here is that we can all enjoy getting into the mind of Elon, but we can't without some time. And I think now that we've learned that we can do it with time, 
I think we should move it back to our regular channel and make it a separate video. So yeah. I don't know exactly how this is going to work out, if it's going to come out on Tuesday or Wednesday, but I think starting next week, we're going to have Elon's tweets of the week back on the regular channel. Yeah. Uh, that's where a lot of you want it. Mm -hmm. And we want it. Hey, we're listening. But I think we can bring you even better content that yeah. way. A lot of patrons were saying, like, this is great, but we do think that everyone should be able to see um, your take on what is going on in Elon's head. And it is a lot of work, I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, we have to go through and find all the tweets, go through, put them in, in the right order uh, so that they make sense. Take out ones that you don't need to see because they're just, you know, lame comments or whatever. And like bring you kind of a consolidated view of what's going through Elon's mind, which I think for us in the Tesla nation is really important. And hey, if you were wondering like why we put it on Patreon in the first place, the other week, um, Disruptive Investing, our other YouTube channel that you can go watch for free, um, was demonetized for no reason. The YouTube, entire channel. YouTube sent us an email. We'll post it here. They didn't give us any reason why it was demonetized. And we looked it up. Apparently, they can do that. I thought you could only demonetize one video for a specific reason, right. like we said some word or we showed something that was bad or we copyright claim. Um, but apparently, you can do it to a whole channel. And we were learning about it, and there's not too much you can do. No. Nope. Um, and for some people, it gets reverted in a matter of weeks. For other people, a matter of months, and their channel dies because they can't survive. Right. Um, it was really scary. We're thinking about now you know. We're thinking about the news. Without our patrons, if YouTube shut off monetization... Our channel would die within days. We'd basically have to let everyone go immediately. Um, it would be, Our cash flow would be to straight to severance pay. Um, it, it would... Like that. You'd go like, where did now you know go? And it was a mistake. I mean, yeah, they had no good reason. It and, was just, it was just an algorithm. It. And they reverted it. So... That's why our patrons are so are so important to us and why when I'm thinking about like, okay, let's let's get rid of this section that takes up too much time in the show, I'm thinking, well, we could give it to our patrons because they make this show possible. If tomorrow, heaven forbid, uh, YouTube were to demonetize this channel, we would be able to continue coming out with the news. Right. We'd be ranting and raving about YouTube, but we'd be able to at least limp along right. until we could hopefully get in contact with YouTube, have everyone here tweet about it, um, and get our channel monetization back up so that we can bring you the news. Right. There's a lot of infrastructure that goes into this news. There's We have over three editors working on this right. constantly. We have a producer. We have a lot of infrastructure that goes into making this show possible, and I can't thank our patrons enough for making sure that we can do this every week. We'll see you next week. Now you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.